that's right, everybody. So glad that you are with us. And I want to look into the camera as we get going. And I want to welcome everybody that's joining with us online, YouTube, Facebook, our online campus. And a huge, massive shout out for the very first time, our brand new campus in East Mesa. Come on, church family. Would you welcome your new church? It's awesome. It's awesome. Hey. I, I know you probably don't know me, so let me just introduce myself. My name is Jared. I serve here as the lead pastor. My wife and I and our three little kids, we moved here five years ago to pastor One Life Church, and we couldn't be more excited for all that God is doing around here these days. And so maybe somebody invited you, maybe somebody, or you got that mailer, or somebody just kind of dr drug you to church today, uh, whatever it is, our prayer is that your first time, that it won't be your, your last time, and to entice you to come back. So you, what do you guys think about this shirt, everybody? Like the One Life shirt, yeah? So um, all of our people on our, our stage, uh, both locations, have been wearing these. So next Sunday, you have to be in the room, here or East, or, or East Campus. Everybody gets a free One Life shirt. I, you all are cheap. I know you all love free stuff. Let me do that again. Everybody gets a free shirt next week. Pretty great. So you, you just got to come back, um, even if you don't like this message today, um, come back next week and I promise I'll get, I'll get better as we, as, we, as we go. We are kicking off a brand new series called Asking for a Friend. Um, I love this series because last Easter we asked you several questions. Um, and one of those questions actually, East Mesa, let me just tell you that we asked a question a couple years ago, if we were to plant a new One Life campus location, where would you want that to be? Overwhelmingly, people said East Mesa, the Eastmark area. So that, you're a direct result of our Easter survey. But, but we also ask one question every Easter, and it's this. If you could hear a message on anything, what would you want to hear a message on? And we compile those results. Um, we come up with this, this series. And so I always tell you that if you don't like this series, next Easter, ask better questions. I, I promise. <laughs> Um, but here's where we're going to go. We're going to talk today about toxic relationships, toxic people. Um, we're going to talk about end times, um, parenting. Um, we're going to talk about envy in comparison. This is going to be an incredible series, and I just don't want you to miss a single week of it. It's a perfect series to invite somebody to come back. But today, I'm going to try to answer this question that people are asking, and it's help. How do I handle, how do I deal with, with, toxic, with toxic people? And the truth is, no matter your age, if you're a teenager in the room, if you're a young adult, if you're older in life, we all deal with toxic people. We all, we all deal with it. To get this conversation started, let me just tell you, um, at One Life Church, everyone is welcome and anything is possible. Um, I, I love football. Our family, we love football. We love pizza. And, and we're a dog family. Hold on. Everyone is welcome. Except if you're a cat person. Like, you just got to, like, <laughs> I, I tease. I tease. Uh, here's, my, here's my beef with cats. It, it, it started when I was a teenager. My best friend, his sister, had a cat. And we would torture the cat. I mean, full, like, full disclosure, we would torture that cat. And one time, you, get, you just get a little too close. And that cat reached her paw out, and I mean, she gouged me so good. Blood was oozing out of my face. And I look at my best friend, and I say, I, I still don't regret it, right? I just, I don't, I don't regret. And I thought about this, that toxic people are a lot like toxic cats. If you, if you, here, here hear me out. If, if you get too close, what do they do? 
They scratch, they hiss. If you fall down, what do they do? They barrage you with more hurtful words, with their sarcasm and their cynicism. All of us deal with toxic people in, in, our, in our life. One toxic person can split a church in half. They can cause so much division that they think they're right. They can cause so much division that the church becomes a shell of what it once was. One toxic person can ruin a family gathering. You all know what I'm talking about. That person shows up and, oh, sucks all of the wind out of the air. I mean, just out of the room. I mean, it just, it's just gone. I mean, everything is fine until they open their mouth. And that family gathering, that holiday is, is ruined. One toxic person can kill a friendship, and one toxic person can run a business into the ground. You almost always regret getting close to a toxic, to a toxic person. Paul in 1 Timothy is actually addressing um, a young pastor. And he's talking to Timothy, and I picture Paul when he's writing this book to Timothy, of just saying, hey, hey, Timothy, here, here are several things that I wish I would have known earlier as a pastor, as a church planter. And he's passing on all of this advice and wisdom. And in chapter 6, he's actually talking about toxic people that have infiltrated the church, false teachers trying to have their way and their, their agenda. Just, just listen and look how Paul describes these toxic people in 1 Timothy. Take a look. He says, they are conceited. They understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people. Now, I, I, just, I just read that to you. You all know somebody in your life who fits this description, don't you? Now, don't raise your hand, especially if the person's sitting next to you. That would not be helpful. Um, we, all, we all know somebody like this. Now, now here's a couple things, like gui guidelines I want to just set in place before we go. Because the word toxic, it's a buzzword these days. You hear it everywhere you go. And just because you disagree with somebody or just because you have a personality difference with somebody, it doesn't automatically make them toxic. Can we just agree on that? This is just because they vote differently than you does not make them a toxic, a toxic person. And we also have to agree that there is a level of toxicity that's inside each and every one of us. I know I am. If, if I read this, yeah, there are moments that I, I, I'm, a, I, I'm a control freak. There are moments when I use sarcasm and cynicism. There, there are moments when I'm just mean. Like, we all have certain levels of toxicity within, within us. So then the question is, well, Jared, how, how do you know the difference then? Is this just a person I don't like, or is this person really, really toxic? I'm going to give you three things that will help clear the air. Write these in your notes. They'll be helpful for you. And here's the first one. Um, you know this person is toxic if they are chronically negative. Chronically negative. Go back, to our, go back to our theme verse. Paul says they're conceited. They understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people. They're just chronically negative all the time. They nitpick. 
95 things can be going right, but what do they focus on? The 5%. They're just, and they're always going to let you know <laughs> what that is. It's just, it's their gift to the world, their gift to your family, their gift to the church to point out everything that is wrong. They're just constantly, constantly negative. Here, here's the second thing, this will help understand who a toxic person is, is they're not just negative, but they're also like a control freak. Control freak. And, and they manipulate, and they use abusive language. And they'll say certain things like this to, to get their way. They'll, they'll say, of anybody, I always thought that you would have done this. Or, or not you would have done this, I never thought you wouldn't have done that. It, that's all manipulation. They, they don't care about people, they use people. That's how you know if this is a toxic person. They have to be in control of, of everything. And if anything doesn't happen the way that they thought it would in their mind, they, they freak out, they, lo they lose their mind. They're controllers. Here's the third thing, write it in your notes. Um, this is what I would call the tempter, the tempter. Uh, th this would be if you're a teenager, young adult, this, this would be when somebody says, like, a boyfriend to a girlfriend, um, if you really, really love me, then you'll do what I tell you to do. And, and they use, and, and you know that goes against what God wants for your life, but they use this tactic, the tempter. It'd be somebody else saying, hey, if, if you really want to keep this job, you'll move this zero over here so we'll look better for the shareholders and we'll look better to our investors. You know that goes against everything inside of you, all of your morals, but they will tempt you. They'll try to control you. This is how you know if you are with a toxic, a toxic person. And all of us, no matter who you are, like when I gave you this list, there's somebody that came to your mind. But for others of you, like a tear came to your eye. Because being around a toxic person, it, it hurts. And you're not even around them but they control, they, they live rent-free in your mind. You're not even around them, but you constantly think about the next conversation that you have to have with them. I wonder what they'll say, and you begin arguing in your head with this person that you're gonna see a month later. That's how you know that they are a toxic, a toxic person. All of us deal with toxic, with toxic people. So what are we to do with this? Well, I have a really great resource. Um, in fact, I, I just want to give credit to where credit is due. Um, this book by Gary Thomas called When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People. He's a pastor in Houston, Texas. And I can't quote him enough in this message. So just realize anything good I say, it's coming from this guy. Like this, is, this has been so helpful. Um, and if, you, if this is stirring something up inside of you, you, you need to grab this incredible, incredible resource, Finding Freedom from Toxic, from toxic People. And he, he says this oftentimes. And I'm going to tell you, if, if you find yourself with these types of things, like I'm going to tell you today, like what you need to do is you need to run <laughs> as, as fast as you can away from them. And in chapter 2 in his book, he, he, I, I never thought about this, but he says in Jesus' ministry, he, according to him, his account, that Jesus walked away 41 times from toxic people. He would go into a crowd and they would want him to do something that he wasn't ready to do. And what did Jesus do? He retreated. He went his own way. When he would go into a village, Jesus, do more miracles, do more healing. Like, it's never enough. <laughs> he walked away. And by the way, the never enough crowd, it still, like, is around today. And maybe you grew up in a never enough home. 
Maybe you grew up and you did 95 things right, but the 5% is what you were hammered on over and over and over again, and you have mommy and daddy wounds from your past. Maybe you work for a boss. It's just never, it's never enough. I know this may shock you, but you know, like church people, like a pastor, like sometimes it's never enough. I learned this when I, <laughs> when I was right out of seminary. Amanda and I, we moved to Michigan. I was a college young adult pastor. And quickly I realized that church people have an opinion about everything that I do. My haircut, the clothes that I would wear, the car that I would drive, the home that we would live in, people had an opinion about, about everything. And one of the things that helped me in my sanity was just this, like, I don't have to live for you. I don't have to defend myself. Amen. And that, that, that irks us, right? Because we always think, no, if I just give them one better argument, if they just learn one more thing or the reasoning behind it, then they will understand. Hey, listen to me. This is going to be freedom for most of you. Toxic people, look at the verse, they understand nothing. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to give an argument every time somebody comes, comes against you. Well, then, Jared, then what do we do? Well, he continues. Six verses later, he looks at Timothy and he says, run away from all of this. Don't let them live rent-free in your brain any longer. And let me help you with something. As you walk into the calling that God has for your life, as influence grows in your business, in your family, in the church, whatever the case is, as your influence grows, guess what also grows? As the great theologian Taylor Swift has eloquently said, the haters gonna hate, 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 hate. <laughs> Always. You can't do anything about that. Toxic people are everywhere. They understand nothing. And Paul just says, hey, if you want freedom from this, you have to just run away. You can't allow them to control your thoughts any, any longer. This will be freedom for some of you. I'd write, write it to the side of your notes. I cannot control how other people respond. So then what do we do? Because we all deal with toxic people. We live in a toxic culture. I'm going to give you two responses that I think will help you. You'll find freedom. And then I want to talk to the broader context today of the, the culture that we find ourselves in. Of what do we do in this toxic, crazy culture? Here's the first thing. Write it in your notes. This is going to be helpful for you. Um, and number one, you're going to have to prune the suckers off. <laughs> prune the suckers off. Uh, before my wife and I moved to Arizona, um, for five years we lived in, in Indiana. Uh, we loved our time in Indiana, our, our home. In fact, this is a picture, I uh, just found this this week, of, of our neighborhood. Um, this was it's called Oakmont. And so we had these massive oak trees that, that lined the, the road, every street. It was beautiful. Like this time of year, as the leaves begin to turn, they would just be golden, um, auburn, and, and yellow towards the end. Just, just absolutely amazing. Well, here's, we would get storms just like we get storms here. And every year, several of the trees would go down, and then landscapers would come, they'd chop it up, and they'd put a new oak tree, a baby oak tree, in its, in its place. Now, if, if you know landscaping at all, when you put an oak tree in, the leaves are on top, what begins to happen as the roots go in the ground is little, like, sprouts, little twigs would just stick out everywhere. You know what they're called? Suckers. And every couple, and they would take all the nutrients, 
all the, the water, they would keep the oak tree from becoming this beautiful, this beautiful shade, this beautiful color. Every couple of weeks, the landscapers would come back, and they would literally come and they would just prune. They would cut the suckers off. Now, I wonder today, are there some suckers in your life that are taking all of your energy, all of your time, they're living rent-free in your head? Maybe it's time that you begin to cut that sucker off. Now, some of you, you're going to say, well, Jared, doesn't the Bible say that we're to love everybody? Of course. There are moments when people are going through a difficult time. There are moments when the church, brothers and sisters, when we come alongside and we help, and for a period, I just, like, we let the suckers suck. But if this is a consistent pattern over and over and over and over and over and over again, I'm giving you permission, One Life Church, to begin the process of cutting the suckers off. And I know that, is, that inside of us, that begins to rub us. Because some of you are like, well, yeah, if it's a friend, if it's an acquaintance, sure, I can just move away from that person. But Jared, you don't understand my story. I, I can't cut the sucker off. The sucker lives in my home. Like, what am I to do with that? Like, like I'm married to this person. How, how, how am I supposed to respond? I, I can't just cut them off. Gary Thomas in his book gives you some incredible, this is why you need this resource, gives you some incredible steps. So let me, let me just be really clear and honest with you. If that's the case, you can't just cut them out of your life, then you need to be very firm and you need to be very direct. And you need to have a conversation of consequence. And this is how it, it might go. You might just tell that person, hey, in this, in this season, when you continually talk to me in the way that which you talk to me, and you continue to demean me, and you continue to verbally abuse me, and you continue to take advantage of me, that if you continue in this way, I want you to know that for a period of time, I'm going to step away from this relationship. You have to be firm and you have to be direct. It doesn't have to be that clinical, put, contextualize it to your situation, but you have to be firm and you have to be direct. That's how we cut the suckers off. It's how we deal with toxic people. Now, this is stirring something inside of you. Use our app, reach out to our office. We will give you the resources, we'll give you this book. We, we will help you navigate some toxic relationships in your life if you find yourself in a very difficult situation. We do not wanna leave you alone. I promise you, we will walk this journey with you. But as far as it depends upon us, which is why you have to be firm and direct, sometimes for a season, you have to step away from a relationship to eventually find freedom that you're looking for, which is what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. He writes, if it's possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. And then he continues, just a couple other verses, live in harmony with each other. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. So let me ask you the question before we move to point number two, is how is the harmony in your life these days? Is it time to cut the sucker off or is it time to have a hard conversation and set up very clear boundaries, prune the suckers off. Now here's the second point, and this is worth this entire book in, I mean, this, this is, this is the, the sweet spot. 
But what he'll tell us to do is talk to God more and we talk to toxic people less. We talk to God more and we talk to toxic people less. This is the quote that Gary gives us in this book. For me, my best defense has been twofold. Praying for the toxic person and refusing to engage them further. This is so helpful because what do we do? Oh, we, we want to rip on them, we want to gossip, we want to get everybody on our side about what's going on. No, he says, uh, pray for the toxic person and refuse to engage them further. I love this. I'm talking to God more and I'm talking to the toxic person less. He gives this analogy about throwing the ball back. Because isn't it true when we're dealing with a toxic person, it's so easy to engage with them. They throw the ball to us, and we think we have to throw the ball back. You don't have to throw the ball back. This takes incredible self-discipline and self-control. I mean, I even catch myself doing this with my kids. My 10-year-old, who's a preteen, she has learned the art of arguing with Amanda and me. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's about bedtime, screen time, homework, gymnastics, whatever. I mean, she's, she's, she's learned the art of arguing. And you know what? She'll throw the ball to me, and I'll catch myself arguing with my 10-year-old. And it, it dawns on me. I'm the dad. I don't have to argue with you. I know you don't like this rule. I don't really care. Get to bed, finish your homework, no more screen time. We're done having this conversation. I'm not throwing the ball back. No. Some of you, you're welcome. That will help you. Like, <laughs> stop arguing with your kids. But I know this doesn't surprise anybody, but I'm a type A person. My wife is a type A person. And we argue with the best of them. I mean, just so you know, like it, it, gets, it gets rowdy and loud in the more home. And we work through our problems. Now, we'll catch ourselves from time to time being like, she'll, this, is, this is not me, this is Amanda. She'll, <laughs> she'll say things like, you never, and you always, and last Wednesday, and then I'll catch the ball, I'll throw it back. It wasn't last Wednesday, it was last Tuesday. And then she throws the ball back, and then we're going back and forth. And then it dawns on us. We're not even talking about the issue. We're talking about everything else that we've been bottling up inside, and we're making it personal, and we're not even dealing with the issue. Anybody else relate to this? You married folks? You know exactly. Okay. What if you just caught the ball and you said, time out? This is tons of self-control, tons of self-discipline. And you just said, hey, I can tell you're upset, I'm upset, and I don't want to be upset. I don't want to have more anxiety in the family unit. So what if for the next hour we just like, got our wits about us and we came back and we dealt with the issue at hand? You don't have to throw the ball back. You get that angry email, that angry text message, that angry comment that angry Facebook post. <laughs> hey, people of God, you don't have to throw the ball back. You don't. And you're not going to change their mind anyway. Amen. You don't have to throw the ball back. 
Instead of talking about them or engaging them more, why don't you do what Gary Thomas suggests, and why don't you pray for the toxic person and refuse to engage them further? Prune the suckers off. Talk to God more. Talk to the people less. And I know you're in the room and you're thinking, okay, Jared, that's, that's good. I mean, I, I can apply those things to my life and maybe we'll find some freedom. But Jared, like beyond just the relationship, like I'm dealing with certain levels of toxicity, like just in my neighborhood, in my community, in my HOA, in my job. And all of us, if we're being honest, if we read this verse, I mean, this describes America in 2022. That this is where we're living. They're conceited, they understand nothing, they have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people. That, that is a clear description of the world we're living in. So how do we, as people of God, how, how do we navigate this world? I'm gonna give you three words. Not, nothing special about these words. They're not, I mean, they're great words, don't get me wrong. And this week, as I was just praying and thinking about this message, I just journaled these three words just came over my mind over and over and over again. This is the application I have for us today of living in the world that we're living in. What, what do we need to do? And here, here's the first word. Write it in your notes. And it's, it's simply this. It's, it's Jesus. Amen. It's Jesus. Right. Instead of sharing opinions, share Jesus. Yes. <laughs> if we believe, and we do, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him, and we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we do, and we believe that Jesus conquered death forever, and we do believe that, and we believe, One Life Church, that Jesus is the hope of the world, stop sharing opinions and thoughts and share Jesus. Stop sharing a blog in a Facebook post and share, and share Jesus. He is the hope of the world. And we have a responsibility to share Jesus. That's how we overcome this toxic culture. Here's the second one, and this is near and dear to my heart at, at this season of our church, and it is unity. It's unity. You know, the final prayers that Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, right before he goes to the cross, I don't know if you know this, but he was praying for you and he was praying for me, for people who would come to faith in Jesus, not just the disciples, but he was praying specifically for us. And this is what he was praying for the church. This is the words of Jesus. He prays, I pray also for those who will believe in me, that all of them, just say the highlighted words with me in this passage, that all of them may be so that they may be brought to complete, then the world will know that you have sent me by our... Jesus could have prayed for anything. And this is what he chose to pray for before he went to the cross for you and for me, that we would be unified together. Now, maybe you've never thought about this, but Satan, our enemy, who's walking around trying to devour us, to kill us, he has read the Bible. He knows this verse. He knows that Jesus' prayer for us is that we would be unified. So our enemy, what, what do you think his strategy would be in this world? 
division, to bring disunity. Because we can't move forward as a church if we're not unified together. Which is why he would allow a toxic person to creep into the church and cause a bunch of division. Which is why Satan can get a hold of your heart and there could be some levels of toxicity with inside of each and every one of us that could cause us from accomplishing the dreams that God has for, for your life. Like Satan's plan is to cause division in the body, in the body of Christ, which is why, this is our application, which is why we will fight for unity. Amen. We'll fight for unity here. We'll fight for unity in your family. When, when you and your husband, you and your wife, your spouse, when you're at odds, when you're fighting, you just can't seem to connect, I'm telling you, there is a supernatural like, enemy right now that is at work trying to disrupt what God has brought together. We will fight for, for unity. And here's the third thing, right, in your notes, if we're going to survive this toxic culture, is we got to be people of grace. So it's Jesus, it's unity, and it's, and it's grace. The reason why this is so important is because we live in a world where tolerance is the highest key. You have to tolerate me. I don't have to tolerate you, but you gotta tolerate my beliefs and my lifestyle choices. We have become overly sensitive about us, and we've become more insensitive to everyone else. Like, thank you, social media. Tolerance is the highest key, but we don't extend grace to anybody. Now, I gotta be honest with you. The, the last couple of years, I have seen pastors who have pastored a church in the same community for 30, 40, sometimes even 50 years. And this cancel culture, um, because they liked a tweet, it wasn't even their tweet, but they liked a tweet that somebody didn't like because it was politically charged or whatever the case was, that people were disregarding 30, 40, 50 years of faithful, fruitful ministry because they liked a tweet. It's insane. You tolerate me, but I don't have to extend grace to anybody, to anybody else. And I'm telling you, people of God, it is our responsibility. So what is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. I don't deserve it, you don't deserve it, but aren't you thankful that you have it from our God? That he doesn't treat you as your sins deserve? Aren't you thankful that he hasn't canceled you? <laughs> so then we have a responsibility to extend that grace to other people. If we're gonna survive in this toxic culture, we have to share Jesus, we have to be unified, and we have to extend grace to those around us. So as I close, I wanna ask you today, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Here's two questions I want you to think about. Here's the first one. And just write some things maybe in your notes that God's sharing with you. But I would ask this, is there anything within you that's toxic? That's toxic? Now, this is why this is so important, because we hear a message like this and we think, oh, I know who needs to hear this message. I'm gonna share it with them. And I'm, stop, stop. Is there anything within you that's toxic? And here's the second question, right? And just whatever God's stirring up, is there a relationship in your life that is toxic? Is it time to step away from that relationship? Is it time to put up very clear boundaries? And in the world we're living in, this toxic culture, let's be people who share Jesus, that fight for unity, and we extend grace to those around us. Amen, everybody?
Right where you are, bow your heads, close your eyes. In this room, online, our east location, Pastor DJ is coming to the stage. Right where you are, God is speaking to you. And I know in a message like this, there's some things that are stirring up inside of us. Maybe this is a really hard message because you have a toxic relationship and you don't, you feel trapped, you don't know what to do. Or maybe there's some levels of toxicity that's just stirring up and you're seeing yourself for who you are. God, my prayer is that the people of God that will apply the word of God to our life and that our past won't define us, but you'll give us a future and you'll give us clarity and you'll give us wisdom of what we need to do to move forward. For those in the room today that feel helpless and trapped, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll be that whisper in their ear, that hand on their back that's pushing them forward. The path that looks like a zigzag, Lord, I pray that you'll just straighten it out for them right now in this moment. Speak to them. And as you speak, we say yes and we hold nothing back. Thank you for your word. It's clear, it's powerful. Lord, in this moment, there is somebody in this room. They've been carrying a very heavy weight and burden. Lord, would you stretch out your hand and would you perform signs and wonders and miracles? We release that weight in Jesus' name. We're no longer going to carry it. Holy Spirit, we receive your love and your grace and your forgiveness. Thank you for changing lives today. With your heads bowed and your eyes still closed, there may be somebody in this room or East Campus, and you would say, Jared, I am far from God. I've gone my own way. I've been keeping God at a distance. But today, you know he's speaking to you. you you've never received his grace and his forgiveness. Right where you are today, all over this room, I pray that you would just say yes. You would stop maybe pretending and you'd give your heart fully to him. And if that's you all over this room, just pray this prayer. Put it in your own words, mean it in your heart. Say, today, God, I'm sorry for going my own way. I'm sorry for keeping you at a distance. Just tell him that. Say, today, as simply as I know how, I give my life completely to you. Come, live inside of me, change me, make me the person you long for me to be. Oh, tell him that. Say, today, as simply as I know how, I live for you. Now, Holy Spirit of God, I thank you for every person who's praying that prayer. Some today are praying that prayer for the very first time. Others, it might be a prayer of recommitment, but we just say thank you. Thank you for saving people. Thank you for touching people in a very powerful and special way today. We honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Come on, church, would you celebrate with me, those who just said yes to Jesus? It's awesome. So proud of you. Hey, if, if you prayed that prayer, take a moment and fill out the connection card that we've talked a lot about today. It's the same hassle-free guarantee, but if you did pray that prayer, it's the best decision that you've ever made in your entire life. And we want to come alongside of you. We want to walk the journey, the journey with you. So take a moment, fill that out, place it in any of the offering boxes as you leave. Our prayer team will be down front. We love the chance to pray with you. We love the chance to pray for you. 
And again, if you're a guest in the room, our prayer is that your first time, that it won't, it won't be your last time. Um, if you're looking for a next step around here, we have a thing that we call the growth track. The growth track is a two-step process that will help you know God, find uh, friends, discover your purpose so you can make a difference. Today is step two. So even if you didn't join and go to step one, we've created it in a way where you can join at any time. So right after this service is over, go right to our lobby. The growth track room is on the left-hand side, my left, your right. Um, stop there. Our staff will answer all the questions that you have. And today we'll help you take a next step at One Life Church. And before we send you out, right now we're going to worship the Lord through the giving of our tithes and offerings. Aren't you excited to do that today? <laughs> However you give. The boxes in the back, online, thank you for your amazing generosity. We serve a give first God, so we are going to be a give first people. Um, and talking about just your generosity, we have this thing uh, that's coming up in two weekends called the Single Moms Oil Change, where it's our joy to bless and support single moms. Um, we have several open spots for you to serve, gentlemen, ladies, whatever the case is. Um, if you're interested in that, go on our app. You can register, you can sign up. And also I would tell you to take that um, invitation and shoot it out. You, kids are um, school, your kids know um, friends that have a single mom, um, school, work, whatever the case is. This isn't just for our church, this is to bless our community. And it's an incredible outreach event that we do here. I'm so proud of our, our men's team um, and the organization that goes into that. It's gonna be an incredible experience. And don't forget everybody, next week, it's free t-shirt. You, hey, you gotta be in the room. Next week, when you show up, you're like, well, I have a friend, I have a friend. You can't be taking like handfuls with you out. Like you have to be in the room to get it. Deal? All right, stand to your feet all over the room. Let me pray a blessing over you. Um, if you're a guest, my wife and I will be down front for a moment. We'd love to shake your hand, love to say hi. And again, thanks for being here. God, I thank you for the amazing people of One Life Church. Thanks for what you're doing here today. God, thank you for what you're doing at our East Campus. Lord, we are overwhelmed by your goodness and your provision for us. And we exist to reach one more life for Jesus. And now I pray that we'll have the best Sunday afternoon that we've ever had. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, I love you. Keep coming back. We'll see you next weekend. God bless you.